You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Lights, advice, and rumors straight from the source. SlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at SlowRidePod. Enjoy the ride. All right. Welcome back to the Slow Ride Podcast. Uh, we hey, Spencer, are again... did you hear me? I'm here. Uh, did you guys, are... did you are... miss me? We are not Timless. Oh, thank God. Tim's back. No longer Welcome. Timeless. Welcome to the 55th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. Hi. Was that smooth enough? It's, it's good to have you guys. Uh, this, is a, this is a show about bikes, life, cycling, rumors, straight from the source. Great stuff. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm coming at you live from the suburbs of Baltimore, Maryland, where I'll have you know, I skipped going to medieval times by myself this evening to record this podcast. <laughs> oh, crap. Why didn't you do that? Because you guys wanted to do the podcast on Monday night. Why couldn't you record you the s- podcast from medieval times with the jousting sounds in the background? That would have been amazing. <sighs> and occasionally true. someone would have come along and said uh, something in that old English. Hark, <laughs> hark, shall I refill your drink, <laughs> me lord? These, you would have said, I'm doing a podcast now. These are the <laughs> sacrifices we make, and I don't think people uh, understand, you know, the the grind uh, that is producing a professional podcast such as this one. So, you know, it's good that you bring yeah. that up. I could be watching TV. Talk about Here you go. Ready? Okay. Ready? Ready? Yeah. Wait. Five, four, three, two. Talk about you. Hey, I'm little guy Matt. I'm in Minneapolis. I just ate a pizza in honor of the Giro. All right. That's pretty sweet. And I'm Spencer Howe. I'm located in Boston, Massachusetts, here for uh, all of your cycling advice, rumors, and everything else that we talk about on this podcast. Are you hey. still cat-sitting? I am cat-sitting. There's one cat in the okay. room. I don't know where the other one is. I am hoping it's still in the house. You hey. dropped the ball. Hey, guys, I do want to say thanks for hosting a, uh, a wonderful episode last week. It was really nice to hear two educated cycling opinions and uh i don't understand why everyone gets so mad and angry about our podcast it's just nothing but yeah. great news <laughs> I, I thought so too though so we definitely dropped the ball last week because i didn't connect something about revelin now to a hat that you own yeah That's true. that one up you kind of got uh taken out on the uh twitter feed and we'll go yeah. to that i kind of so, dropped the ball on that one i'm sorry i was, I I was definitely thinking that in the moment but i didn't want to call you out you gotta, you gotta make, give me a sign, man. Guys, we have a pretty full agenda, but definitely the biggest news for a lot of our listeners that I think we do need to discuss is that USA Cycling does have a new chief executive officer. No longer will USA Cycling need to create new categories at obscure national championships like the Fat Bike Nats for um, Steve Johnson to win a national title. Now we will have a new leader, and that is Derek. Bouchard Hall, who uh, is a former Olympian and elite-level racer, including national criterium champion. Ah, Uh, And he comes from a pretty good business background where he went to, what, Stanford, Harvard, Princeton, probably some other Ivy League school. He went to all of them, yeah. And then uh, he he led Wiggle, which is the enemy of every independent bike dealer. But then again, he's not, uh, you know, he's, he's running USA Cycling. He's not running independent bike dealer network. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So, welcome. And Adam Meyerson, one of our uh, guests here on the podcast, about two or three years ago, made a uh, very important tweet about this, and I will uh, dig that up from the archives for you guys to uh, oh, yeah. take a look. Okay. Take your filing folder. Find it. It's beautiful. So, uh, how- yeah, it's really exciting to have a new president who seems... I don't I mean, know really anything about him in, except what you just told me. Yeah, we can't do worse. I though, like right? it. Yeah. Oh, I like that he's an actual racer. I mean, yeah. this is someone. And well, the last guy was a racer too. I yes. don't know his name. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know this, but he's a national champion in the fat bike uh, masters category. Yeah. So. The fact that he's and this guy's a national champion of an elite level, so he knows what those pros are going through. He yep. knows how to handle that, and hopefully he can bring some more sponsorship dollars with that racing or with that business background into the sport. And that's very, very um, exciting, if you ask me. Can you make my crits not $22? I think. So you think $22 is too much money? <laughs> I think everything about bike racing is too much money. I don't think I've seen a race for $22 since I moved to Massachusetts. <laughs> so are all your races in the same spot? No, they're all over the place. So that's oh, nice. well, there you go. Then they're worth more money. To put this into perspective, about uh, to put this into perspective about Derek Bouchard Hall, the new USA Cycling um, CEO, in August of 2012, Adam Meyerson tweeted, "You know we, who we don't talk enough about when we talk about guys who had all the talent and quit instead of doping? Derek Bouchard Hall." And that was Meyerson before. Derek Bouchard Hall became the CEO of USA Cycling. A couple of years before. A couple of years. And that type of endorsement to me speaks volumes of the type of character this guy is. And I think this is a huge coup for USA Cycling. And it fits the mold of um, Stapleton, who is now in charge of uh, the board of directors, who led the hunt. It's like they're really clearing the... Uh, the muddied waters of Steve Johnson. And I think that that's really important here. We have a clean slate and we've got the type of guy that's going to do awesome. That's the full super rookie endorsement right there. Well, he's destined to fail. That's terrible. (laughs) We cursed him. We just, we just ruined bike racing in the United States. It's everybody get your, get your wisp sport. (laughs) Get your ABR. Big news. Big news yeah, for USA Cycling, um, and you know we're done there. The other big news from, uh, sorry, minor news from USA Cycling was that it was Marathon National Championships in Georgia. Todd Wells beat Jeremiah Bishop for the national title in the men's, and then in the women's category, uh, Rose Grant of Kalispell, Montana, won by about thirty seconds over Cheryl Sorensen of Pennsylvania. So. 30 seconds. How long is this race? It's a 60-mile loop marathon. So one giant loop. Um, That's my understanding. Maybe there's like a five-mile finishing circuit that they did a couple times, but it was definitely mostly an out and back. Um, I had a couple of my teammates from uh, Gainesville that went up. They really enjoyed it. They said it was a very difficult course. And most of the times you're looking at were four-and-a-half, five-hour times. Um, the women's champion won in 4:45, and then Todd Wells did it in just a little over five, four hours with uh, Jeremiah Bishop right on his wheel. Hmm. Yeah, so. cool. Anyway, Todd Wells is an amazing guy. He can race cross and then race these ridiculously long mountain bike races. Yeah, I like Todd yeah. Wells. Bigger fan of his brother though. Jake. Yeah, Jake. yeah. yeah. yeah he's a mutter. You know, his brother was a mutter. 
they are brothers. So I know, but his brother's brother was a mutter too. All right, so can I? Uh, I know you guys <laughs> want to talk about Roman D and the Giro, but yeah, uh, last week I was yelling at my uh, podcast machine when you guys were talking about uh, various things. Uh, mm-hmm. Cannondale Garmin being the worst team of the professional peloton this year. They, Why? Because it's not true. It's totally true. I totally oh, agree. Okay, and that's, we're in agreement. They're getting out out chased even by non pro tour teams like Wanty, Team oh, yeah. Southeast. I mean, Wanty's a much better team. And Cannondale Garmin. The more I think about it, the more I get frustrated that Ted King made the team, but Phil Guyman didn't. And I, and I hate to put them against each other, but it seems like they were they were going after the same spot on the team, perhaps. Kind of this American uh, space on the Cannondale Garmin team that both have a decent following of fans. But Guyman seems to have quite the huge upside, and I just don't know if Ted King has it. He seems really good. I hope that he can do the tour one last time, but Guyman, to me, seems like the pick that they should have gone with. What did he do well, last year in the World Tour? That was super cool. Well, what did race did he get to do? Did they actually put him in a race? Well, there you go. Why didn't they put him in a race? Because they're Cannondale and they're all about making bad decisions constantly. Well, they were gar- they were Garmin at that time, but oh, they're Garmin because they were so busy watching Dan Martin fall. That's I don't I don't understand why Garmin only got a one year shot and now he's back with Optum and he's doing quite well. It reminds me of what happened with Chris Horner. When Chris Horner had his one year in France and then came back with, uh, what, WebCore and just started tearing it up. And then went back to uh, Europe with Sunyar Duval, won a tour of the Swiss stage, and then moved on. Almost yeah. won a tour stage, but he gave it up. Because if I'm a if I'm a business owner, Phil Guyman seems to be the ultimate package. He's all about being uh, dope-free. Is this he's because got he's a, from Florida? Is this a Florida thing? Is this a Florida pride things, thing? But he's got the... He's got the <laughs> He's got the book that he wrote. He's got the Vela News articles. He's all over the Twitter. He likes yeah. cookies. It te- seems to me like the type of guy that you'd want to have on your team. And why another Pro Tour team didn't go after him, I'm confused. Well, I mean, I don't know either one of them, and I'm not a team management, uh, obviously, um, for any pro-level team. But uh, Ted King seems like the guy who's willing to do the work for the team. You know, he's like Sagan's you know, lead guy or chase down everything kind of work workhorse guy. And maybe that's what they needed. Cause they, they do have a whole lot of leaders on that team allegedly, <laughs> but, uh, not a lot of, you know, workhorses. And I think, I uh, think allegedly is the key there. Uh, allegedly is key. Like their leader for the tour right. for the Giro they, is they got, Ryder Heshtal, yeah. who, yeah, he's Canadian and once won the Giro, but come on, like Guyman could have helped him. And can it like Ted King is really good at what he does. But they don't have Sagan anymore. Yeah. No, it's true. They and have Moser. He was good for six months, two years ago. Yeah, nobody cares. I I don't I, I don't think it matters. I think I think that they had way too many cooks in the kitchen. Um they had to cut, you know, thirty guys or something, you know, like I'm just pulling numbers out of my ass here, but the two teams merging together, they had to get rid of a whole lot of talent. There are a lot of guys who didn't get rides that should have. Guyman's probably one of them, but uh, you know it's a it's a bigger problem of uh, budget and teams. And you know he could probably be riding for Wanty. It seems like they want all kinds well, of guys who aren't quite at their potential. You know, and that that leads me to wonder like maybe he's just getting paid a lot more with Optum, probably so that 
so that it makes sense for him to be domestic because you know those top-level guys are probably making some decent money in the States. But I just, like, another team didn't want him. Like He probably had offers, but it's probably a matter of staying in Europe and yeah. working for somebody for on, like, a one-year contract or coming back to the States and knowing you'll be a leader and then yeah. you can hopefully then parlay that into, like, a better deal and yeah. a two-year contract going back to Europe. Big fish. Because if you get a one year deal and he has to go to some Euro team and they just tell him like you got to ride for Gilbert, you know, and you got to you got to lead him over the fifth climb of the day, then you know he's just gonna get sacked in a year. Who would possibly want to turn down racing for Team Southeast and leading out Alessandro (laughs) Pataki? I kind of don't think Gavin would have been a good lead out rider. I I don't know why. Anyways, I was just I was thinking about this. Um, I'm sad that Ted King will be retiring, but. It is nice to see him out there, and I do love American riders. Uh, I also just wish that... Uh, Put your lapel pin on. I just wish uh, Guy your... was still in the Pro Tour and given a real chance to race in the Pro Tour. I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. I uh, mean, the real problem is there's just, you know, teams folding left and right the last few years, and there's been a crunch. There's been more riders than there are teams, you know? There's spots in, open in the in the Pro Tour at the end of last year, you know? So I got a... Uh... An, an email, or sorry, a text message from uh, one of our uh, common listeners, and he all it asked was, hey, the Slow Ride podcast, instead of doing a 16th place contest, should do a contest for when Zacharin is going to get popped by Wada. And then I was like, who? And he wrote back, you're obviously now watching the tour to Romandy. It's true. Yeah. You weren't. Well... We hey, could do that. You know, we're all about the positivity kinda, here, you know? Kind of mean. All about the positivity. You never know. Well, let's... He, uh, he could be I, clean. I, for one, I, for one, welcome our new Russian overlords and tour winners. Um, I think it's going to, you know, the Katusha's been uh, working for a long time. You know, they they finally got the all the uh, all the mules pulling in the right direction. Um, you know, they've... Uh, maybe they get... Maybe they have a the new protege. You never know. Well, Ilner Zakharin wins the Tour de Romandie. He climbed faster than Chris Froome. He looked smoother than Nairo Quintana. Well, and Quintana uh, didn't look that amazing. Yeah, so this is the new guy for Katusha, perhaps. He has a, uh, a track record that is a little clouded, and he is on Katusha. But good for him. It seemed like a good race from what I've read. Like Saunders, Eric Saunders said on our podcast, sometimes the write-ups seem a lot better than uh the actual action did that it mountain stage was good it? i watched some of that mountain stage i mean pino won that was pretty sweet mm-hmm. yeah. um it was good to see him get a win it'd been a long time since he he had a top step of the podium but um i didn't watch anything else so i only care about the mountains so we do have a uh a new leader and little guy let's talk a little bit about uh ilnar's uh background all i know is he took some uh steroids that's what I know. And he got busted. When he was and 19. Back. When he was 19, yeah. Um, Inner Ring has a good little write-up uh, today in his in his Romandy um, recap. It's a good place to go because I didn't know this guy either. He popped up, and I felt like I remembered the name, but um, I don't think I did. I don't know. He's got a shady past. So let's. what about Romandy leading into the tour? Is there anything to read from that as far as like Chris Froome, Quintana, um was Nibali there? Yeah, he was there. I don't think there's anything to read in. It's too far away. It doesn't yeah. matter. They're all gonna. They're all going like 
Froome, Nibali, and Quintana are all going to just go off in the mountains now and just you know ride up hills and watch their 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 white blood cell counts go up for the next two months. So I, I don't think it matters at all. I mean, Pino won, and that's probably a good morale booster for him. Bardet rode a good race, you know. Um, it's nice to see, but, you know, Roland and uh, Pernard are off the pace, so the big, our other French hopes yeah, weren't there. The big takeaway, I think, from Roman Diu was the uh, the team time trial and AG2R being dead last. Um, I hate but, uh, team time trials. God, they're the wait, worst. They're going to so, ruin so the, the tour. Oh. It's going to ruin the tour. No, 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 What's, no, no, what's unfortunate <laughs> is AG2R has maybe five potential podium placers on their team that are and they're already... all gonna lose five minutes in yeah this stupid t- team time trial because they're like helmets will fall off or they'll put their helmets on backwards or something oh, shit, what's like, going on? so they're the new uscatel of team time trials basically and... they're not the new they've been for a long time it's terrible so let's talk real quick how did the gummy bear do in romandy did he help in the team time trial or was he the anchor Obviously that helped not <laughs> no he fin- he didn't finish too poorly all the time he's Whatever. So, he's there. I don't know what he's doing, like what his purpose is. How many of these guys at Tour of Romandy are continuing on to the Giro, which is starting uh, I'd soon? I'd say a, hand, a handful of the Gummy Bear is. The winner, okay. the winner is. So, Carlos Betancourt, right, the, the, the Gummy Bear, who's yeah. starting to look fit, is going to the Giro, where he's going to be riding, what, in support of uh, Dominica, uh, what's his, Posaviso? Sorry. <laughs> so... Thanks for bailing me out there on the name pronunciation. Uh-huh. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, he will be writing in support of him. And um, I don't know. Uh, he's whatever. He's a gummy bear. He's a complete pretty, enigma. They're a pretty stacked team. They're always a stacked team, but then there'll be a team time trial and it will all come undone. Is there a team time trial in the Giro this year? I don't think so because the Giro is not for freaking idiots like the Tour de France. Okay, so the Giro is coming on. Let's talk about that. I mean, this is what people really pay the money for for this podcast. Yeah, yeah. That's to get your money's worth. It is my favorite Grand Tour. The you you don't even know if there's pink. a team time trial. The, uh, the leader's jersey is pink. That's step one of why it's the best. Second is the trophy is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lifted the trophy. I felt the trophy. Um, good stuff. The, the trophy filed a restraining order against you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and, you know... Overall, it's a fantastic event. Oh, it starts with a team time trial. Yeah. Uh, well, Why do they do that? That just puts all the good riders out of contention immediately. Except for the media favorites. It, it breaks hearts the first day. How long is it, Loga? The first time trial is 17K. 17K. That, like, AG2R will only lose a minute max. Yeah, the rest of the I gotta say, every stage of the zero looks ridiculous. Is there gonna be a lot of fireworks? There's a the first the first week week and a half has a lot of a lot of bumpy roads. It looks good. The stage I'm sweet. looking forward to most in the zero is the uh, um, the first stage after the second rest day, or as it's popularly known, the sixteenth stage. Oh yes. Yes, an interesting stage indeed. Uh, yeah. I believe it is the most talked about stage. Or it will be. Or it, it will, will be. be. Because the, the the Slow Ride podcast is uh, once again um, hosting a 16th place 
contest uh, where if you correctly choose the rider that finishes 16th place on that stage, uh, you're going to win some fabulous prizes. Um, and so 16th place on the 16th stage of the first Grand Tour of the year, and it's it's going to be a big deal because yeah, like I said, it comes after the after the rest day, so you never know who was uh, you know resting properly in their hotel rooms and and who's going <laughs> to react well and who's not, and uh, you know it's going to be total chaos and it's a mountainous stage. Yeah, that stage is five mountains. Um, it's got five mountains. That that five. that is almost the queen stage of the uh, 2015 Giro. There, there's going to be a lot it's of uh, the queen stage. Yeah, okay. I don't know if they've decided on what they want to be the queen stage. And right away, you start looking at some top names for who can finish, who's going to win that stage, and then you have to go, okay, who's not going to be, who's going to be in that second group, or who's going to be the lieutenant? I will say this now: I'm calling my shot. If he's still Whoa. in the race, if he's still Whoa. in the race, are you sure? Still there. This is if this he, is unheralded. If he's still there. Yeah. This this stage has Carlos Betancourt, the gummy bear, written all <laughs> over it for 16th place. Yeah, you can hope. He's going to shepherd Domingo Pozavivo to the lead. <laughs> and then he's going to get dropped, and he's going to get 16th place. He's right. going to drop to 16th. All right. I'll, Call uh, I'm shot. not going to make my pick now because I want to beat you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to probably wait. have to. I do reserve the right to correct my pick at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna not That's make an official pick right now, but I'm gonna give our, our listeners a tidbit. I don't actually know if he's racing, but if he is, this might be a Schleck stage. Oh, I don't think there's a Schleck in the Euro. Man, I really hope there is. This is Eric Saunders. You're listening to the Slow Life Podcast. The Giro is coming around, and Spencer, you went ahead and you did the dirty work for the Slow Ride podcast, and you created our uh, Velo Games League. Yeah, not only do we have a 16th place on 16th stage uh, contest, we're going to have a Velo Games uh, League for the Slow Ride podcast that's going to run through the whole tour. Um, so you're going to have to log on to Velo Games and uh, create a team of uh, nine riders uh, who you think are going to perform well throughout the throughout the league and. Uh, there are no prizes for that, just bragging rights um, for our listeners. And the uh, the league code you're going to want to enter, the league you want to join after you started a team is uh, 050-13930. And we'll put that in the show notes, and we'll also include it on uh, our uh, tweets from the uh, Slow Ride Podcast uh, Twitter account. Guys, how do you feel about this start list not having Europe car on there? Um it's kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, it's not it that makes, weird. Makes sense to me. They're gonna have some little weird Italian teams and not some weird French teams. I know. I know. It's just I, I was holding out hope that Dan Craven was gonna be in this one, so I could put him on my Velo Games roster. Mm. Yeah. They gotta get back in the Pro Tour for that, man. Yeah. So look at oh my guys. There's there's some good teams on here. Let's talk about Southeast. What an awesome jersey. <laughs> They've got that gray, the gray jersey with way too many logos on it. You in the gray jersey? Oh, it's almost understand. as good. It's almost as good as the old LPR kit. Yeah, that was a good one. It, it, uh, always, you're like, wait, did it rain? <laughs> no, their kit's just gray. I, I swore their kits were so, white, and it just rained a little bit. So I saw the press release for Team Southeast. 
they're putting all their marbles in the basket of Alessandro Pataki. That's just that's that's just to deflect attention away and take the pressure off the Piccolo Prince's shoulders. Because we all know when he gets too much pressure, he doesn't do anything. There's no pressure. There's no. Well, I know. I know. We've discussed this on the show, and there's no pressure in pro cycling. Yeah. But just in case, you want to deflect the, the, the no pressure. I had an experience today on my bike. Um, God, where do I begin? This was so good. I almost thought midway through this that you guys kind of had me set up like a candid camera kind of thing. And you had had this guy acting out his part just to see what I would do. Um so I don't want to be a total jerk, you know, because we're all doing our own thing on the on the bike paths, you know. We're all we're all in our own space. It's like a little comfort zone. You can wear your stupid outfits and uh, hopefully uh-huh. not get made fun of. But I'm gonna make and fun of this guy. We sure do wear our stupid outfits. Um, I was on the Cedar Lake Trail. You guys all know this. I left Aquila Park in St. Louis Park. I was going through the tunnel under Minnetonka Boulevard, and I heard on your left. So a guy comes by me on my left. Full map a kit. Top, bibs, socks, right? I like it. He's on a brand new Cervelo Super Arrow, whatever the hell the Cervelos are called. DI2, squeaky chain. That's the that's the that's the first beautiful <laughs> thing. Squeaky chain. Right. DI2, and it wasn't me. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Squeaky chain, full mappy kit. Um, quite a portly fellow. Um, kind of a stocky gent i, f- I feel um, like that's the map kit demographic though that it you is say. <laughs> but but uh sleazy goatee and a ponytail <sighs> so maybe okay. what maybe he actually was on map back oh, in the day though okay so that's what's what it marco you pantani you might think really Jesus. hey this guy tim he was never on map yeah. so you think maybe this guy was on map but the pedaling style of this man was uh 15 blasted out pedal strokes and then desperate searching for air coasting for 15 huh. seconds so he's pedal trained. pedal coast pedal pedal coast um was he doing standing starts or anything no okay. he just didn't know how to ride a bike um <laughs> anyway also his saddle was too high which was just awesome that he, he spent like ten thousand dollars on a bike and a kid and his saddle was too high and his chain wasn't looped so anyway i pat he passes me and then I keep almost catching up to him because he has to coast every 15 seconds. So about like a mile down the trail, he goes to get his water bottle. And Uh-oh. you can't pedal and get your water bottle, right? No, that's impossible. They've actually yeah. proven that in science. It's totally impossible. So when he starts to get his water bottle, he goes from about 12 miles an hour down to like five miles an hour and starts kind of wobbling. So I go around him. How long were you following this guy? Um, I don't know, like like, were you like drafting? a couple miles. Just like drafting him. Pretty sweet. He draft. went by me. Like I said, like he went past me. He put in that big attack to get past me. He mm. got twenty five feet on me and then it would come back to like ten feet and then it would go out to twenty feet and come back to ten. Like constantly as we were riding because he would do these little surges and I was just riding along. I I was just leaving my grandparents' house, just on a casual ride. Um, so I go around him. I think, okay, he's going to get his bottle out, and then you know he'll ride along, and maybe he'll catch me again. Well, I go to the top of a little rise in the trail, a little rise. Maybe the trail goes up 10 feet, and then it maybe descends down 20 feet the other side. 
get to the very top, boom, attack on my left. He comes Whoa. flying past me. This time, there's no, he has no breath to say on your left. He just puts in the move. He gets the gap. And I kid you not, on that descent, and it's, I am being generous in calling this a descent, arrow talk. <laughs> arrow talk. And this was, and now I've seen Tim get in the arrow tuck, but this was the ugliest arrow tuck I've ever seen in my life. One knee was splayed out. One <laughs> elbow was splayed out the other way. And this isn't just like, like, like he got arrow got in the got in the drops. Like he pedaled over the top of this twenty meter descent, and he got down like where you're like kissing the stem, and he got his yeah. back as flat as he could. Was he sitting get, between the, the the seat and the? Uh, didn't quite take it that far. Okay, but he was but, definitely trying to get his little arrow on. So wait, one one and, elbow out on one side and one knee out on the other side, like yeah. some sort of majestic bird. Like oh my god, oh. this. This guy might have been the ugliest person I've ever seen on a bicycle in my life. Um, Anyways, and so, take it. Yeah. And so this, I started laughing. It was, God, it was so funny. I wish I could have videoed it. I didn't, you know, I didn't have my phone out and it was like, oh my God. It was, I started laughing. So he keeps doing the surging thing. He, we, me and him are both kind of coming up to a rider like on a, on like a comfort bike, you know, just kind of cruising along upright at like five miles an hour. Go to go around him. Coming in the opposite direction is the U of M cycling team. Like six riders from the U of M cycling team. My boy in the Mafe kit decides that now is the time to make his move over this slow-moving rider and cuts it really fucking close to taking out the whole U of M cycling team. What's the point of that other than you're a sweet Mafe rider? Um, well, you and know, then, when you're a professional, the rules don't really apply to you. Oh, my God. So, so what I, professional I, would he look closest to? None. Well, he's too big to be a museo, even if even if he let himself go. This guy could was be a taffy. Could it be a taffy? This I'm, guy was so ugly on a bike. There's no you couldn't get past Cat Five with this pedaling style. <laughs> this was so bad. So I haven't so even told the, you the best part. It's maybe not the best part, but it's the ending part, which is I was gonna get off when I got to got to uh, Cedar Lake, so I could go over to Worth. And uh, riding around on some trails. So I got I got off, and he kept going straight. And I was going up the little ramp to the bridge. And I looked down, and that was it. It was over. He had, he had started coasting, and he was, like, gasping. And he, like, pulled off and turned around. So hmm. my hope is that he noticed I had turned around off, and then the interval was over. Now he, that he, he didn't have the chase anymore. Well, he put in the winning move, and then, you know, he won. So that's how, that's how pathletes are born. Oh my god, you guys, this was like, this was beautiful. Really, when he got in that arrow tuck, I thought you guys were filming it. (laughs) I thought there's no way, there's no way that this can be happening. And I, and I'm not like, someone didn't create this person just to, to watch me laugh at him. Yeah, the, the Slow Ride podcast is going to have to secure a few more sponsorships to be able to have the resources to do something like that. But when we do, trust me. That's why you need a GoPro. Yeah. Well, look, I don't feel too bad. I mean, you did lose the race, but uh, oh, you know he was clearly on the Mape uh, development squad. So, oh, you know, that's, yeah, he's good. It's nothing to feel ashamed about. In my defense, he had a much more aero bike, and mm-hmm. I and I think he had a lower rolling resistance on his tires. Hmm. That'll I that'll make tires, a, a huge so. difference. 
I think that's what it was. I, I just like the fact that you were next to this guy for several miles. Like, like you could not find it within yourself to drop him or to just like slow up and get away from him. It was more fun to just keep accidentally <laughs> catching him. Like every every like thirty seconds, like I'd be like right on his wheel, and then I'd get the surge. You know, and then every time he coasted, it looked like he was gonna pass out. It was beautiful. It was like Amazing. watching a wounded dog ride a bike away from me. <laughs> <laughs> the wounded dog. Brutal. So, guys, uh, anyway, we sorry. got. That's a, I like it. We, we we do have Velo games starting up. We'll put the the notes in there. Yep. Uh, we have the Giro coming up. Real quick, who do you guys think is uh, gonna win? I I believe uh, the win will be Contador, um, pretty handily, um, in my mm. my astute opinion. I think Iran's got this. Oh. Okay. And what about what about you, Spencer? I'm going with the with the the dark and dirty to the depths of of whatever. Aru. I think Aru is going to is going to come good. It's going to be a big to-do and and he has to win uh to avoid any sort of doping sanction. Big uh, to-do about Aru. So you think if if he wins, the Italians will like just back off? They'll have to. They'll have to. That's yeah. how it works. Unless you're an American I don't think they even tour care. I, I don't think the I think the Italians are like, did he dope? I don't care. Did he win? He won? Okay, cool. Yeah. Also, I hope Posavio wins, but I think I think I think Iran's gonna win. But I really want Posavio to win. I actually so uh, I have no idea who's gonna win. I just wanna pick somebody different than you guys picked. Who's your top placed American? Brent Brookwalter, Nathan Brown, Tom Danielson, and then we have the uh, guys on the giant team. We have uh Tommy D Caleb Ferry. Or Chad Haga. Tommy D, dude. He's going to get 16th place overall. Tom, Tom Danielson is definitely going to be the top-placed American. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with Dan Martin if he's in the race. Um, if he's not, I kind of think Chad Haga might do well. All right. Well, hey, can I tell you guys something about Dan, uh, Tom Danielson? Yeah. This is good. Tim, you gave me a site, like a pro cycling magazine in like 19... 19- 2004 <laughs> yeah i remember i don't that, know like... what year it is i was like man so it's it's got this sweet section where it's like playing the drums with Dan- danilo deluca hanging out with ivan basso and then it says logging on with danielson or tommy or something and it's got like a young tommy danielson he's got a laptop out and he's sitting at it Every time someone talks about Tommy Tommy Danielson, I think of that think of picture on. of like a 21-year-old Tommy Danielson being like, I'm on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too beautiful. Uh, cycling journalism. It's really gone downhill. It re- it also, DeLuca was playing drums and he had a Sting poster behind him. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> That's kind of that. Guys, there used to be some really good, like cycling used to have characters, and now we now we have is baby food eaters. <laughs> baby food eaters, yeah. Oh gosh, does any no one's gotten busted for doping in the last week? We didn't talk about the French thing, did we? No, no we haven't. Uh, we French haven't. TV said that microdosing increases your skill level six point seven percent. Well, so it increases your VO two. By six sure. percent, your your EP or your blood levels by another small percent, blah blah blah, but all stuff that's within the realm of the bio passport wouldn't set off any alarms, um, yeah. which you know I think is no surprise to anyone. I, I feel like yeah. that information has been out there um, that microdosing microdosing works, and that's 
what people are doing. Um, yeah. So, but yeah. huge it's revelation. It was on, it was on the French news. So now everybody's squeaking. So there's about a nice again. depressing moment uh, to end our awesome podcast. Uh, yeah, everyone's doping and everyone's little doping. And well, no, I don't think everybody's doping. I think. Uh, no, not everyone's doping. You're I right. Think, I think the. I think the point of the article was not to rely on only the passport, you know, and then they have to keep doing all the other stuff they're doing too, and not uh, the not get lazy. The thing with the microdosing, though, is that like you have you have to come test one of these guys like, like right after they did it, and the, I mean the whole point of microdosing is you do it in that window when the testers you can't come. You know who's you not? Know, and this is a one time. Hey. Froom was actually on the right side of something, not just the one time, but Froom was saying twenty four hour testing. Yeah, and that is kind of like the only thing. As much as that would suck to be a rider and have to be tested at three in the morning, that's like one of the few things that could actually stop uh, yeah. people from microdosing. You know, yeah. you know who's not doping? Jurgen Vanderbrook. Well, that's true because he's God. He's just gotten he's just gotten bad. Granted, he had a bad crash and he just hasn't ever been come back from that. But like, I know uh, it's heartbreaking. He's a good pick for your Velo Games team. So join us at Velo Games. Uh, 16th stage, we'll talk about that. We have a 16th place contest coming up. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. And guys, I'm going to read a review. Oh, no, can't because there hasn't been a review in a little while. So someone write a review. We'll read it on the air. You can also email us, theslowridepodcast at gmail.com. And find us on Twitter at theslowridepod. All right. We'd like to uh, to thank BK1 from Ryan Sayers Entertainment for our uh, theme intro and outro music. Um, love lost, love found, uh, for being the voiceover on that as well. Um, we ordered some donuts uh, for that. It was an expensive, you know, intro for us. So you haven't bought her donuts yet? No. Ah. Well, she she got pregnant, so I don't know if donuts are good for babies or not. Oh, you're right. Pregnant people don't like donuts. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know these things, but. Mm-hmm. So let's. Oh shit! Actually, I wanna. I want to do. I had an idea and I forgot it until right now. Okay, let's do it. I want to get the story from you guys of your first bike race. This was 2005. The Sibley County Road Race was was our first race. I would say together in which we went with hopes of finishing. Um, we did a Durand Road Race. You might have had hopes before. to finish, but I didn't. Um, and I believe I called you on the walkie talkies about uh, maybe what two hours before the race started. Yeah, and it's what like a two-hour drive, and it's about a two-hour drive. And I remember we uh, we drove down there, and this was actually it was a tour of ten thousand lakes, but it was uh, you, anybody could register. You didn't have to register for every stage. Um, and you and I wanted to go do it, so so we rushed down there, and we're we are pulling in with the car, and I want to say we were in the Buick Regal. Oh, I think we we're in the God. Center. I forgot about the Regal. Uh, <laughs> well, whatever. Yeah. I, okay. It may the have wagon. Been, I I thought it was the Regal, but it may have been the Saturn wagon. But that I feel would, like it's the wagon because I remember when running back to the car, I remember the the back of the wagon open and Caitlin like, you okay. know, mechanicing all our stuff. So we pull in. We pull in when the fields are getting staged. Yeah, that was and late. God. So Caitlin, your much better half, uh, is deciding to. She's like, I'll put the bikes together. So she's putting the bikes together. We run into the church, 
and there's some we old ran, bikes. and it was far. That was our warm up. <laughs> it was like a quarter of a mile, and we had just sat in the car for an hour and a half, and then we both had to sprint. And we like told a quarter the, of a mile. We told the official, "Wait, wait, wait! We'll be right back." Yeah, we'll so be right we, back. We probably had our bibs on though, because we really yeah, and we're like, <laughs> we run in, we, the get, car. we get the numbers. Oh like, yeah, like there was changing going on. Uh, we run, get our numbers. We're pinning numbers on each other, kind of that weird like. But that was when we were pinning numbers through the actual hole in the bib, the the the, yeah, the number yeah. bib. So that's, like horrible pin job, right? So there's a nice parachute on our back. Yeah. And Caitlin puts our wheels on the bike, and uh, how she figured out how to work your bike because it was probably some crazy uh, brake systems and whatnot. But my oh, yeah, super confusing. My, my salsa really la rasa with a triple chain ring was going to come in handy because of the <laughs> nice, uh, wait, nice. Wait, 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 wait! You had a yeah. triple wait, chain you're ring. You're making fun of my bike. Yeah, yeah I, I forgot a, that you had the salsa. The salsa la rasa triple Please. triple chain ring. Oh man! Uh, so we get to the start line. That they graciously held the field for us. And you go down what they do that. It's like a mile and a half neutral start, and then you take a right hand turn up a giant three mile climb. <laughs> like, instantly dropped. One of the biggest No, we weren't instantly dropped. It's true. I got dropped at the top you of got, the hill. You, yeah, I think you maybe lasted a little bit more than me. I got shelled right at the top <laughs> of the hill. I remember looking down, I got shelled off the back, and I looked at my computer and I was going eighteen and I was like, I can't go eighteen miles an hour. Boom, field's gone. And then that course like there's a big descent later like 10 miles later you go down the descent giant square and i thought for the life of me that i was going to catch people on the descent and uh and then i actually went down the descent and that was the scariest moment of my life uh and that was at that and i remember going down the descent and seeing an ambulance on the side of the road someone had crashed like there is every year every at the, whenever year. that course happens and wasn't it raining Oh yeah, there was there was definitely some raining. So, so yeah. wait, and I this, think you dropped out, little guy. I, I dropped out. I, I was sensible. So you guys are cat fives. You've shown yeah. up to the race minutes before the field left. That like yes, we were I'm, the reason that the field had not. And one of you on a bike with down tube shifters, the other on a bike with a triple <laughs> chain ring. You <laughs> both immediately dropped within the first couple miles. And I have my Minneapolis Messenger Aero dress on, like the extra double XL jersey. That's cool. I had, I in my defense had my full dumpster outfit on. You had the you had the pink white combo. It's it's, yeah. it's raining on you. You're miserable. Yeah. You're off the back. You're cat fives. Yeah. Why did you keep going? Well, little guy quit, but I, I wanted to beat him. <laughs> little and, guy, uh, you quit. I dropped out. Buddy. And you know, I wait. So then I hung out on the side of the course with Caitlin, and I'm pretty sure, like, the sun came out eventually, and we both got, like, a bunch of ticks on us just standing <laughs> on the side of the road waiting to him. And then, yeah, obviously, I was like, wow, this bike racing thing is great. I spent money, I got dropped, I felt miserable, and I got ticks. Oh, and we couldn't wait to go back to the next race. This is when racing was fun. We were like, oh my God, we had zero expectations. Uh, and it was the Saturn wagon because about a month later, Spencer joined up. We went down to a Super Week in the Saturn wagon. Okay. So this was before, like, we had ever done a race and got to stick in a pack because the, so, uh, yeah. so, Tim, can't, the Fourth of July crit was around Tim, the corner. We all did tell, that. Wait, you're getting ahead of yourself. Tell me more about this descent, Tim. I want to mm-hmm. know how far out were your elbows and how upright uh, was your position. The the elbows at that moment were probably pretty far out. The the position. The bike, oh man, a bike fit on that position would have been pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> the descent, I did a fantastic. Uh, 
I didn't bring anybody back. I saw a giant ambulance. It scared the crap out of me. And ever since then, I haven't been able to go down a hill as fast as that. That's, that's what you say. That's what you, the story you tell in the therapist's office. <laughs> I saw an ambulance. I stuck my elbows out. It was raining. I can't go down hills. So wait, me. Tim, did you finish the race or did you drop out as well? Oh, I, I finished. Okay. I did finish, and it got to the point that I felt kind of bad that little guy and Caitlin were there, but they did hand me a water bottle when I started the third lap, the third and final lap, and they were like, you know, you're doing great. You're going to catch them or something like that, and I didn't catch anybody. So you were riding by yourself for the whole race pretty much. I think there was one other guy, but then he dropped out after lap two. Okay. So that's a pretty miserable experience. What – Oh, it's horrible. What can we tell other people who are getting into bike racing or also having miserable first races, which I think everybody kind of does? It doesn't why, get better. Why? Look at my career. It doesn't get better. It just gets more expensive. <laughs> I mean, do we have any better advice? Can we give anybody a reason to keep racing their so, bicycles? The, Embrace the suffering. I don't have any reason to do it. The, the, the best thing to do is that the feeling you get when you finally are able to stay in the pack for a bike race is pretty awesome. Like when you get to the point when you're drafting and you're hanging out and you're having the dumb conversations and you just can finish with the pack and you make it to that moment that when that breakaway is going and maybe you go with it or not, that is a pretty magical moment and it was probably one of the best feelings ever. And that happened to me at a crate super week and I think I got like, 45th place at the Creighton Super Week, but I finished with the pack, and I knew that at that moment I could do it. Yeah. All right. I agree uh, with you on that. Big flat crit, so, you know, it was, there's no descending. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that crit. You did pretty uh, surprisingly, shockingly well, even. Um, <laughs> yeah. Those, weren't those the best times when one of us would finish with the pack and we'd all be riding home and we'd be like, dude, we killed it today. Dude. One of us got 45th. Great teamwork. Wow, that was awesome work. <laughs> The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. I don't know. I don't know these things, but we're going to make it right, so don't worry. Oh, shit, you guys, there's a cat out the window. We're all freaking out over here.